0: Your positive, positive, positive. Imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements.
1: Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint.
2: Hello, good day, listeners. This is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint. May is a month in the United States and in other countries where we celebrate moms. Well, I want to share with you two amazing women who have inspired me. Of course, one of them being my own mom. I celebrate her every day, but I will feature her on my show next Monday, the day after Mother's Day is celebrated here in United States. In today's episode, I'm featuring Kathy Fishback Anthony. She has been my inspiration in so many ways, but the most notable is my absolute love for dance. Dance is my expression of myself. My movement, especially those that I choreograph, emulate my own thoughts and my feelings. Thank you, Miss Kathy, for your positive encouragement. Well, Miss Kathy has just a fun and interesting background. She danced on The Carol Burnett Show, The Dean Martin Show, and other shows. After her professional run, she returned to the studio where I have been dancing since I was four. Her mom was the director of the studio at that time. Well, I have been dancing ever since with the few years that I took off for this and that, college, and other commitments. Well, Kathy has not only inspired me, but she has influenced dozens and dozens, and really hundreds of girls and boys, men and women. Many dance for the joy of it, others dance for the social aspect, and some decide to dance professionally, including her granddaughter, Juliette Dougherty. Kathy is also very humble, and she does not like attention drawn to herself, but she loves the attention drawn to the world of dance. Following Kathy's conversation is my conversation that I had with her husband, Michael Anthony. That is a treat, hearing about them when they were young. Well, following Michael is Raquel Mietta. Raquel is a 22 year old college student whose life's journey has been inspired through dance. And I want to share several perspectives from dancers on how dance has encouraged them in professional and personal lives. And the fabulous music for this podcast, what you're listening to now is of course by Chris Noll from his Songs of the High Country album, Cheyenne Bride. On Thursday, several of the folks that I have danced with or that I have watched grow up here at the studio will be bringing their perspectives and thoughts on the world of dance and the positive imprint that it is. For me, dance is an emotional understanding of feelings and expression. Well, today, I am thrilled to introduce Kathy Fishback Anthony. And she has been a longtime dancer. I have known her actually for quite a number of years. I took dance from her as a child, but she has an imprint, has made an imprint for me. But I have noticed the imprint on so many people in the society and beyond. I mean, you have dancers that have gone beyond, so I'd like to just have Kathy introduce herself and talk about her positive imprint and what it means to her.
3: Hi, Catherine. Thank you for calling me today just to uh, have this opportunity to just talk together. I think this is going to be really wonderful for both of us, uh, just to share our life together and our experiences. We've been brought together through the world of dance, And I think through my family, I grew up dancing because my mom and dad had a dance studio. I've danced all my life. And I think the word that I would like to share with you is joy.
2: Oh, that's a great one, Kathy.
3: The the word joy is the word I turn to most all the time. I think um, I danced as a child. Like you say, I went through all the schools here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, through the University of New Mexico. I actually got my degree in psychology, uh, and then went off to Los Angeles and worked in uh, films and TV and different opportunities. And I'm so thankful for the wonderful background my folks afforded me in all my years growing up. I'm so blessed to have had that opportunity. And then at in 1980, had an opportunity to come back to New Mexico with my husband, Michael Anthony, and back dancing and will dance hopefully all of my years. I don't ever intend to retire. I don't think that's part of my job description, but the joy that dance brings to all of us is extended for me through the community. It's not just in our studio, Fishback Studio, not just here, but it's through all of our community. And we like to reach out into the world and uh, see how we all connect in that way.
2: Well, the connections have been awesome. Actually for me, lots of different connections with just relationships that we build through, as you say, the community of dance and people that come to your studio, even guest dancers, you know, we befriended some of them, but let's go to some of your years, because listeners want to hear what made you today the absolute wonderful person that you are. I mean, you had these experiences in California. Was it Lawrence Welk?
3: Actually not. That it was, was Sissy not. King. That was Sissy, okay. right? Sissy danced for 11 years on the Lawrence Welk Show, and she was a fantastic Okay. Ballroom dancer, and she could do it all. She could do all styles. But my first job was on the Dean Martin show, and Tommy Toon was the assistant choreographer. When I auditioned for that, I have lots of fun stories about my memories of auditioning. Um, well, I we'll share one. Won't go into no. All, okay, I won't maybe go another into, time. Into all of that, but uh, like one thing, I knew I went to audition to be a dancer, but I had to sing, and I didn't know I was going to be singing. And uh, so that—I have a funny story about that someday I'll yeah. share with you, but, <laughs> but uh, I did the Dean Martin show for a year and then had the opportunity to go on the Carol Burnett show, and I did that for three and a half years. Then I was off for two years while I did some acts like Sammy Davis's act, uh, the NBC Folly show, uh, Shirley MacLaine's act. I did a couple of movies. I did Funny Lady, New York, New York— Uh, That's entertainment with Jack Lemmon and Ray Bolger. And that's a funny story with them. I don't know if you would remember them from back in the day, but the two guys were the the stars of that particular movie, and they couldn't stand each other, so they wouldn't get up and rehearse at the same time. They act so much like children. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, as I'm working with people now... I kind of got away from being in California, but as I'm working with people now, I just like people to bring out the best in themselves that they can. So that's the joy that I feel, is just everybody enjoying what they're doing and being able to move forward. I did finish two more years on the Carol Burnett Show when I was in California before I moved back to Albuquerque.
2: Well, and it was great when you came back. And you do have a very positive sense, or not just sense, but you have a very positive part of you that carries over to you as a teacher, but you also as director of the studio. You know, parents are always always quite happy, and you also are just a delightful, remarkable person. Thank you. And in class, so let's let's talk about your classes and the joy, because you've been teaching My goodness, Kathy, how long have you been teaching?
3: I've been teaching a lot of years, but uh, since 1980, since I came back, um, I was teaching before that while I was at the university and since 1980, and I'm teaching less now, but overseeing all that goes on in the studio. I love... meeting all the families and having generations of dance it's so much fun to see a family come back and i'll have to tell you in my tap and jazz class that i dance in still there's a lady in that class that was in my mom's very first recital in 1946
1: oh and she goodness. still
3: dances she had brought her three three girls here and when they were done she thought she was going to take class too so she still dances so we have I think probably the oldest student that I know is 88 years old and uh, wow. we start at 3 so there's people of every generation here but when people come back with their kiddos or grandkids it's it's really such a joy.
2: Yeah. Now this is a hard probably a hard question for you to answer because I know you don't see life as Something that you are doing for others because you just do it out of, as you said, the joy of doing it. But what do you think your positive imprint is?
3: I like to really reflect on what my roots were, the way I was raised. Uh, made such an imprint on me, and I like carrying that on. So we have learned so much more than point your toe when you come to dancing school, uh, that you really learn respect and promptness and neatness and um, so many things. Uh, My mom always said, keep the kiddos busy. Don't let them just have free time to waste. And I, I have seen so many generations of kids that are really wonderfully uh, progressive academic students, as well as great dancers, and go on. And I like to see what they do with dance in their lives. They may do something through their church, or they may do something uh, through their university, or go on uh, with a youth group or something and and bring dance to them. And we have many students that have gone on to Broadway and had their own professional careers but that's not really my purpose my purpose is that everybody grows has their own personal growth
2: i am so glad you said that because that's how i have uh, me personally i've always felt that way about you and about your mom that disciplined respect and that disciplined demeanor in
3: dance well you know, things things happen and um if we've ever seen anything we do nip it in the bud by talking, uh, just talking with a group of people, not pulling one person aside. I one time had just um, some parents out in, in our lobby causing some problems, and I reminded them if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And try try to just have those all those wonderful things that we grew up with um, instilled. No matter what age they are, whether they're the parents or the kids, but we we want everybody to be very respectful of each other.
2: Well, that then that is definitely a positive input. And I hope those parents took that to heart and stopped. Oh yeah.
3: And hopefully (laughs) not just for the moment but
2: (laughs) (laughs) but that they actually reflected and thought, Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Miss Kathy's right. What is your favorite memory of one of the dances you did on one of the shows or a funny memory?
3: One of the dances uh, i've got, I have uh, a book of pictures of memories um, from some of the shows that I danced on, and it is so much fun to look back and just kind of remember what that day was like and and uh, the costumes, our costumes were all made by Bob Mackey, and they were just exquisite. Our hair and makeup was done. I mean it was it was really terrific. The choreographer I worked for was. Amazing, such a taskmaster that um, I respected so much and worked so hard for. I actually got hired the day a girl got fired, and I was so careful not to do anything <laughs> wrong, so I wouldn't get fired. An amazing memory from some of the shows, like on uh, Funny Lady, the uh, the carousel number that we did, or uh, New York, New York... Um, some of those things were beautiful. The Carol Burnett Show. Um, I got to do all styles of dance, which was the way I was brought up, to have be able to do anything you're asked to do, whether it was ballroom or acrobatics or Hawaiian or Scottish or ballet, um, jazz. We we just had to be ready to do it all. I arrived in, in Los Angeles with tap shoes that made uh, extra sounds. I had to get my taps changed, so <laughs> when they were recorded, they... they uh, didn't upset the re, you know the recording oh, engineer <laughs> and things, but uh, but anyway, yep, we all live and learn every day. And then you met Michael. I met Michael right on the Carol Burnett show. He was he was um, a guitarist in Pete Matz's orchestra, and I remember one day when he had just gone back into the bandstand. I uh, we had been talking and just enjoying each other, uh, talking on our breaks and things, and I I waved at him in the bandstand and. He looked all around and looked under his chair like, yeah. <laughs> she couldn't be looking at me. And uh, yeah, we have, we've just had a wonderful, it, we're, we'll be celebrating 40 years of marriage, actually. Oh, Can you imagine that? No. Because, the time has yeah. flown by, but we joined our family and, and uh, are very blessed to have raised three children here and, and uh, had a wonderful marriage.
2: Oh well, congratulations on that, and that is another part of your joy, Mm -hmm. and of course the uh, your grandkids and right now great grandkids. That's that's right. (laughs) Your imprint is going right Mm -hmm. with your great grandkids. Now I remember when you were in a car accident. It was a pretty horrific car accident. You made the news. Of course, that's not the way you want to make the news. True. But we'd all heard you were in hospital, and it was. I mean. From what we were hearing, things were, were from our end. Of course, we weren't there. It was kind of gloomy, and I remember coming over here very quickly and setting up a food banquet, not a food banquet, but a food participation for Michael, your husband, so that he would have food at the house. And, and That's wonderful. Yeah, and, and it, it went really well, and we had, I had all the teachers bringing the food over to the house. Of course, Michael was inundated with food, but it was, you know, when someone's in an accident that you really care about, it's almost like you have to find something to do so that you feel, not feel like you're participating in any way, but you, you feel like anything positive sends such positive karma. I mean, I'm a true believer in that. And so it, it, was, a, you know, it was hard for you, it was hard for Michael, and, and it was hard for everybody. But your comeback, well, let's talk about the accident. You don't remember any of it, of course. Well,
3: I, I don't even remember. I was hit by a, a red light runner, and I don't remember being hit. And my car was knocked halfway down this, the block in, on Comanche and flipped over. And and I heard that a half hour later, the fire department was cutting me out of my seat belt, out of the car upside down, and <clears throat> my husband was there. Uh, he had been called to the uh, to the site and um, I was actually had just bought food to uh, take for uh, Friends of Dance which is a, an organization I participate with at the university um, to raise money for scholarships for university students but anyway I had just gone to buy food for that and yes I was in the hospital for uh, for, for two weeks. Um, I had badly broken ankles, arm, ribs, uh, punctured lung, spleen, and um, finally, at the end of the day, Michael was told he could go home, that I was stable. I was in the trauma unit at UNM, and um, then he got called back an hour later and told that I was tanking and he needed to get right back. That gives me chills to even think about it, but I I was not with it at that point. But I was in the hospital for two weeks, had wonderful care there, and then was in um, the rehab for three weeks after that and was told that I could go home if I could take 10 steps and with a broken arm and two broken ankles, it wasn't easy, oh. uh, but I wanted to go home so bad and it was by about the end of November by then and, or, or early December and I made it and have been so thankful to be upright ever since that I've been able to uh, stand and be part of this earth (laughs) so and of course my my love of dance just to be able to come back in a wheelchair and see everybody that i love so much including your smiling face be able to come back gave me so much hope for the future and i did recover i i couldn't put my right foot on the ground for over three months but um i did did recover and was thankful for for all the blessings that I've had with that. And since then, I've been able to take over with our recital. We have a recital coming up this year, so recital preparations and do some choreography. I can't dance anymore.
2: Oh, what, but what yes, you my...
3: can. I watch you, and you have been my
2: ballet dancer even <laughs> since the. I mean, one my of my favorite
3: instructor. memories was doing cartwheels with my. Four and five-year-olds the day before my accident, but I've never been able to do such a thing since because my ribs um, are still totally cattywampus. Oh, <laughs> but, I did uh, not know that. Yeah. So, um, but I still love to choreograph and have so much fun with everybody here at the studio, students of all ages. So, it it just makes me very happy every day, and I I'm here every night till nine fifteen and. Love all the all the families and and uh, people that I get to be part of their lives, and they get to be part of my life. We're all, all like a big family.
2: Well, it truly is like a big family, absolutely. But you you did struggle through that physically, but mentally, I think you could feel the positive uh, karma. The you could hear the tapping from the studio to your house, and you that. To me, I don't know. Just everything that you set here, that tone that you set here of such positivity, grows within you every day. Thank you. And that certainly helped you to heal, uh, truly. And, and you brought, do brought me dance. to this point. So it I'm, did. <laughs> and you say that you don't dance, but you do. You you were still my.
3: my I still feelings, tap dance a bit, do. and I can't do all the hops and things, but I can uh, go through the steps and fake it pretty well. No, oh, But your choreography is beautiful. <laughs> thank you. And I
2: so much look forward to seeing you dance. Thank you. Come opening night in, well, just a couple weeks. Yeah, that's true. So. Pope Joy Hall, here we come. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun.
3: Well, I just want to say how wonderful it's been to have you in my life. Oh, I, thank you. I uh, think about um, when I'm writing. A a note to someone when they've graduated and and they're going to be maybe going away to a college or something. Not everybody goes away, but some of them do. Just when I'm writing a note just saying how wonderful it has been to have them and their families in my life. And I have to say the very same for you, Catherine. You, your husband, your mom and dad, I've loved you so much.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Well, I love you too, Kathy. Mm -hmm. This has been wonderful to be able to sit and chat with you and Thank you. talk about your
3: positive imprint. Thank you and have a great day. You too.
2: Well, I am just so excited to have another one of the people who are in, who are a part of Miss Kathy's life who has been instrumental in her own positivity and her own inspirations and it is her husband, Michael Anthony. Lucky whom, me. You, <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> and Of course, those of us that have been dancing have seen Michael around for many years. We've danced to your music, Kathy's used it in classes, we see you all over town. (laughs) You are Miss Kathy's soulmate. Do you remember the day you met her or saw her?
0: Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, we met on the Carol Burnett show, as you know. The thing was this: we didn't get to know each other the first year I was on. I came on around 1970. The show was on three years before that, and she was on then, or part of that period of time. And uh, there was a different music conductor, musical conductor, on the show. Harry Zimmerman was the conductor, and they didn't like him. They didn't get along. Something fell out. So. Peter Matz from New York became the new conductor, and, and the, uh, I was fortunate. He heard me play out here. I was, I was doing a special out here. He came out to write some music, and then he liked my play and When they gave him the job, he had asked for me. I got a call from New York, and I got on the job. That's how I came on. So, the first year I was on, she was there. So I did the last eight years of the show, but then she was gone for I think either one or two years, because then she was out with Shirley McLean. she was doing the Ice Follies, and then she was also uh, traveling with Sammy Davis Jr. So she toured with him for that period of time, so all of a sudden she was gone. So we didn't get to know each other until she came back, and we were in our first relationships then also. So when she came back then we were both, you know, available. and we got to know each other long story short very funny but yeah she was a raging blonde and just totally eye-popping you know the whole thing so I yeah I went the time she was gone I wondered hey where did that cute blonde go (laughs) (laughs) she's gone for a couple years and she came when she came back then yeah all the stars were in alignment and we ended up getting to like each other and started to date
2: you know I can't see Miss Kathy as anything but positive and and I'm sure she was like that when you met
0: absolutely yeah and she was always a bright spirit and a very giving person she's a giver total giver she's very humble very humble the other thing that is very very uh, admirable for me is that well you know uh, in 2007 which is now Wow Twelve years ago, almost twelve years ago, November of 2007, she got broadsided and so almost lost her that first day. And, and uh, so, yeah, almost lost her that first night. Bad accident. At one point there was some hope that she didn't have a, uh, a head injury. They determined that after a few hours. She didn't have a broken neck and she didn't have a spinal injury. So that was the first piece of good news because she didn't have those things. That was all good news. And then the end of the day came. I came home very late that night. And uh, they gave me her, I had her, her stuff. I'm going through her wallet and, you know, finding stuff and whatever. Making sure everything's there, credit cards, whatever. And they call me. I'm home just about an hour. And they call me and they said she's tanking. And she was like bleeding internally. They didn't know what was going on. So almost lost her that first night. Turned out to be okay. Kathy never said, why me, never. She's one of these people. She's kind of has a Zen personality in this manner. And I mean, you know, many times people say, why why does it have to happen to me? Why is this happening now? She doesn't do that. She never does that. She's got this space that when something terrible is about to happen or threatening to happen, she's kind of got this thing about, she's going to kind of see what it's really going to do. And she doesn't panic, and she never said, Why me through that incident?
2: Well, that's inspiring. That's an amazing but thing. But I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I am not surprised because.
0: That's me the emotional thing. because, you know. Well, sure. It's a great lesson.
2: It is a great lesson.
0: Carol Burnett loved her, by the way, you know, just totally loved her. And her choreographer, and he loved her. And he was a taskmaster, Ernie, but he loved her because she was always. Uh, Prompt, humble, all of these qualities that we admire about her and efficient and professional and all these things Yeah, she tells me about uh, One of the one of the things where they had a tap dance on a small area with bulbs light bulbs all around them and they had They all had one the, the dance troupe and they all had to do this thing and they were threatened with their job if they broke one of the bulbs so that's the kind of tension that there was in her field you know yeah so they had that kind of thing you know so that's the kind of things that she has experience with so she's productive and accomplished she's a very loving person you know she's put up with me for 40 years so we celebrated our 40th anniversary last november Listeners,
2: it's funny, we are here enjoying a cup of coffee. Yes. It's kind of loud in the background, but. Yeah. Michael Sorry about had to, that. Oh yeah, no, yeah, this yeah. is good. Michael had to sneak out of the house. I had to, and, uh, <laughs> I so. had to
0: talk my way out because usually she's not there. <laughs> and today, of all days, she's there. So there I am with no, you know, <laughs> kind of bear with like, how do I get out of here? <laughs> When it comes full circle and I tell her that she brought you up just as I was walking out the door to see you here. And that's (laughs) funny.
2: That is so funny. I know.
0: You talk about timing, you know.
2: Well, you know, when I think about it, you know, you and Miss Kathy and, and the teachers have really been my... Extended family for years because I spend so much time at the studio.
0: Yeah, and great thing. it's a good thing. It's, it is, it a, is a family. Thing. It is it a is. family.
2: Well, Michael, thank you so much for thank being you so as well. loving oh, for to Miss Kathy. Me. Oh, you two are are soulmates. Yeah. I'm very lucky.
0: Very lucky. Thank you very much for all of this for the for your what you're doing.
2: And I'm doing this series on the inspiration mm-hmm. of dance, and here I have a dancer from Chicago. Actually, she's from. New Mexico, but she is living now in Chicago, going to school, Raquel Miera.
1: (laughs) Hi. Hi,
2: Raquel. Well, I remember you from a a very young child. Mm -hmm. And and so we're here to just kind of talk about the inspiration of dance and how that has molded you. Yeah, I'm really excited. (laughs) I am too. I am (laughs) too. Thank you. Well, first, let's start out with how you got started with dance.
1: Uh, Right. So my uh, mom and sister actually both took lessons at Fishback Studio of the Dance, as I believe you've talked about a little bit on the podcast before. So I would grow up like seeing my sister go to class and it just looked like so much fun. So I would come (laughs) home and like dance around the house. And so the minute I turned like three years old, my parents were like, okay, we need to like enroll her in ballet. And so that's how I got my start was just like watching my mom and sister doing it. And I always just like wanted to do that too. And it looked like so much fun. And so that yeah.
2: (laughs) And it is so much fun. It is so much fun. And I love doing this part because I want to hear everybody's inspiration. (laughs) And what brought them so it was your mom and I can see that Mm because I've danced with your mom for many years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I just started and I just really loved it. I just like couldn't get enough. So the more, the more I danced, the more I just wanted to do more. So then I started with ballet. And then I just slowly started adding in everything else till I was doing like, every single type of dance that you could at Fishback. I mean, besides like Irish dancing, I think that was the only subject that I didn't ever try.
2: Which is your favorite?
1: (sighs) That's a tough one.
2: (laughs) And so why is that a tough one? Is it a tough one because of physical feeling or the emotional
1: feeling? I think a little bit of both. I think um, because I started with ballet and I did ballet for so long that I have like an emotional attachment to ballet, even if I don't enjoy it as much like physically. I still like when I think about my favorites, like I mean, I've just, it's like secondhand nature to do ballet. So it's weird to like not think of that as a favorite. But I think that I really like physically enjoy doing like lyrical and like more contemporary style dances better and modern too, because I find that is like a little bit more expressive than ballet. So I just, I just enjoy performing that more, but I still have like a really deep appreciation and love for ballet because I did it for so long.
2: Oh, well, I agree with that statement. <laughs> I, I cannot do any of the other disciplines without having had ballet.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's a, I mean, it really is like the backbone of like all dance. Um, I just feel like if I hadn't done ballet, like I would not have been able to even expand my like dance repertoire as well as I was able to.
2: And so how has dance inspired your schooling or your social life?
1: As far as schooling goes, definitely when I like came to college and like started trying to like plan out my life, dance definitely inspired me in the way that like I knew I needed something that offered a lot of creativity. I knew that like because I had grown up being an artist my entire life that there was no way that I was going to be able to do anything that didn't allow me to Use my creative like processing, and so that definitely has had the biggest impact on me. Where I don't think I could ever be in like a desk job, like nine to five. I think I would just be incredibly bored. Like I have to be doing something that allows me to like channel my creative energy into it. Marvelous! I love that (laughs) answer. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's a question I get a lot at school. Like always, like why did you choose your major? Um, Which is engineering. I chose biomedical engineering. Um, (laughs) I feel. (laughs) Yeah it's still quite different but like a lot of the people when I talk to them about like why they chose it that major it's usually like oh I like wanted to help people and I do I really do want to help people but I also wanted to be able to help people using like my creative energy like I wanted to be able to channel that creativeness into something that would be able to help people and I know that I wouldn't have like been inspired to do that if I hadn't grown up being an artist and dancer my entire life
2: wow that's super wow <laughs> so now you're at Loyola you're at Loyola <laughs> University down in Chicago and yeah you're, you're doing dance
1: there mm-hmm. yeah I have a I have a minor in dance and I'm actually in my senior year so I'm wrapping everything up sort of yeah
2: Raquel seriously
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long oh my gosh time really goes by No, I feel like I just started undergrad and now I'm like trying to figure out what to do next. I feel like you just left. (laughs) (laughs) So do I. Uh, I'm interested, Raquel,
2: you've been a dancer for your entire life. And I know you've been inspired and music inspires you and and you just (laughs) move with the flow. But have you ever really had any fear or have you been scared about performing or getting a new pair of shoes or the shank that's in the toe shoes?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I think um like sort of stage fright and nerves was something I was o- always battling as I used to dance, and especially like in my competition days. Um but a lot of it was actually just rooted in self-doubt rather than my abilities. I think that sometimes I really struggled with psyching myself out a lot, and it and I just had to sort of realize that like I've been doing this my entire life, like I've been trained for this. So many people have like put their faith and their belief into me, like I can do it. I just have to believe that I can do it and I'll be fine.
2: This is something good for the younger listeners who are listening to you and and how you are going to inspire them just from what you're saying. Because (laughs) that self-doubt goes beyond the stage. Mm -hmm. It goes into the classroom. It goes into a relationship. Self-doubt is something that people live with every single day. So how did you overcome that or how do you overcome that?
1: Right. So I think a lot of my self-doubt, I mean, because you're in competition dancing, you're putting yourself out there for people to literally like rank you. So then other people's ranking of yourself becomes like can become a large part of like your self-esteem. If they think you're doing good, then like you can think you're doing good. But if they don't think you're doing good, like that has a negative impact on you. So I think it took me a while to sort of break out of that mentality that just because I'm putting myself out there to be judged doesn't mean that their opinion should make or break me. Um, because at the end of the day, like everyone else's opinions can be subjective, like what they think is not the end all be all I have to have remember that I have to have confidence and faith in myself. And at the end of the day, that's what matters and not what somebody else thinks. And so just trying to apply that to all parts of my life and not letting that like competition scoring mentality take over and just poison my confidence.
2: That's great advice. That's wonderful <laughs> advice. Those are inspiring words, Raquel. And everybody <laughs> listening, that is something to follow from such a young person who has <laughs> who has lived with the self-doubt and has conquered it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely, it doesn't happen overnight. Like it definitely takes some time, but I think if you like really put in the energy to try and improve your confidence it'll make like a worlds of difference
2: it's not always just as as the older we get we get wiser because you are just 21.
1: (laughs) yeah that's well 22 actually i just turned 22.
2: oh 22. so (laughs) you're you're young and you already have this wonderful wonderful advice which is to me a great positive imprint for listeners of all ages
1: i know sometimes it's not always age sometimes it's just experiences that breed wisdom (laughs)
2: That's a great quote. I'm going to use that. (laughs) That's wonderful. What kind of shows are you going to be performing here in the near future?
1: Do you know? Um, So right now my dance shows that I'm doing are all school-based. So the main ones are just ones that technically are for grades. Um, We do them at the end of each semester and you Showcase a dance that you did with your class, um, with your dance class that you're taking at college. And then I also, for the first time, in choreographing my own piece, which will be really interesting for my dance composition class. We're in charge of creating a five-minute piece on whatever we want, whatever style we want, and then it'll be showcased in a show at the end of the semester as well. And we got to choose our costumes and our dancers and our music and just do the entire production process all on our not on our own, but, like, it was all our creat- our own creative direction. So that's been a really interesting process uh, and something I've never done before, so it was really cool to be on the other side of, like, a production process because I've always just been on the receiving end of that where I'm told, like, this is what you're going to wear and this is what you're going to do or, like, this is the choreography. So okay. it's been a lot of fun and also a lot of stress to put it together on my own. Do you want to take that someplace
2: or do you still want to be the, the receiver of the choreography?
1: Um... I think I'd like to explore choreographing more. Um, I think it was something that I never really did because I never really had reason to when there was always so many so many great choreographers around me who could just choreograph like amazing dances for me, that it never occurred to me like to do something on my own. So I think that dipping my toes into the choreography has been like a really nice experience. It sort of opened up a new world of dance that I had never really considered before.
2: Ah, interesting. So I'll look forward to hearing about what, where you're going to dip your toes in, uh, so to speak, uh, across the dance floor. How are you going to use dance to inspire your next step in life? You say you want to try to bring that creativeness, that art part of you to help people.
1: I think it'll inspire my next step in like two ways, depending on like what kind of route I go. I think because I have like have been a dancer for so long and I'm like more in touch with my body. I think it gives me like a kinesthetic knowledge that I wouldn't have had otherwise um, that I think like really helps me in the biomedical engineering field, especially when I'm doing like any sort of like medical um, device work I think it'll like give me a knowledge that I wouldn't have had like otherwise without like just taking like kinesiology classes. And then the other way that I think it'll really impact me is that it really helps me to like tap into my creativeness. So like when I am not dancing, like I just feel like I'm in like a slump. I don't I don't know. It's like almost like I have writer's block where I don't feel like (laughs) I can channel energy, like creative energy into anything. So like having dance to like uh, release that creativeness and then like become more in touch with it really helps me a lot and I think it helps me to think clearer and to come up with like better ideas and stuff.
2: Well I'm so glad that dance is bringing you opportunities (laughs) because of well it's allowing you to not just be inspired but to take that inspiration and take it into this lovely world of life. Yes it definitely is yeah. So do you keep in touch with with Miss Kathy at all?
1: Um, sometimes, if I happen to be in town, I'll definitely, like, I always stop by the studio, usually, just to connect with, like, her and everyone else that is there, because they were such a big part of my life. Uh, as far as, like, outside contact, uh, usually just through social media, she always keeps in touch and, like, sees the updates that are happening in my life and will say congratulations or wish me happy birthday.
2: Well, and that's really awesome, because you do have a lot of years there at Fishback. Mm-hmm. And... So and I'm glad to hear that the teachers have been a wonderful inspiration for you in your decisions and in your dancing.
1: Yeah, they definitely have. they were a huge inspiration. I mean, they like, I feel like they partially helped like raise me because they were with me for so long, like from the age of three until I was 18. I think it was impossible for them to not have had such a large impact on my life.
2: Well, so your positive imprint is just going to go so far beyond dance, but because of dance...
1: I know. I I really hope it does. I really hope it continues to, like, grow, but I definitely know that, like, I wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't grow up with the dance background that I had. I mean, dance really helped, like, shape who I am and helped shape, like, the direction that my life is going in.
2: Well, you're just a wonderful person, and I've always enjoyed chit-chatting with you and hearing the stories from your mom and reading about it on on social media, of course. So I wish you the best of luck. And is there anything else you have to say about your positive imprint?
1: Um, So I think what I'd want to say is that even if your positive imprint seems like it might be smaller, unnoticeable, I don't think there's anything such thing as like an unnoticeable positive imprint, um, even if you don't see the effects. Yeah,
2: I agree. (laughs) Because with positive imprints, Miss Kathy doesn't see the effects of all of her positive imprints. And you, yeah, and definitely. you with the work you're going to be getting into, you'll never see all of the positive effects and positive imprints that you're leaving. And that's that's the marvelous part of, of what people are doing, the good in people
1: yeah exactly sometimes you don't always see it but like even if you're putting it out into like the universe that positive imprint is always going to be there for somebody else to pick up on even if it's not like immediately noticeable to you
2: and your positive imprint is there on your toes and you are inspiring so many people when they watch you dance and You're <laughs> a beautiful dancer and a
1: fun dancer
2: <laughs> and wow so well, i wish you a lot of good luck
1: thank you yeah, I really appreciated getting to talk with you today.
2: Oh, well, thank you. And I look forward to your graduation here in a couple of months. I know. <laughs> the last time uh, was the high school graduation. I, I feel like that was just... Yeah, it feels like yesterday. It does. <laughs> Thanks, Raquel. Thank you. Have a good day. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I just love my world of dance. Thank you so much for listening to the first part of my series with Kathy Fishback Anthony, a wonderful positive imprint and her husband, Michael Anthony, and of course, Raquel Mietta. On Thursday this week, I will release a bonus episode featuring the perspectives from other dancers. Thank you to Chris Knoll for providing the music for my podcast. Your talent is so much appreciated, and I just love your music. Well, listeners, you have another great song that you're listening to. This is Far and Wide. This is from Chris Knoll's album Songs of the Wide Horizon it's a sentimental song it's been used in tap classes and of course it's a song that I've used to pay tribute to my dad well you can find Chris at chrisknoll.com and you can also follow Fishback Studio of the Dance on Facebook or you can check out my blog at yourpositiveimprint.com sign up for my podcast updates follow me on Instagram and Facebook and also subscribe to this podcast just hit that subscribe button Your positive imprint. What's your PI? Subscribe now.